Word Radio On Demand, 96.1 FM and 900 AM WURD. Streaming live at wordradio.com. We are being joined right now by someone who is doing something positive out in the world. Her name is Tiffany Talbert, and she is the Senior Director for Preservation at the African American Culture Heritage Action Fund. And she's going to tell us a little bit about that and what she is doing as it relates to Black churches. Good morning, Tiffany. How are you today? Good morning. How are you? I am doing just great. So tell us about the African-American Cultural Heritage Action Fund and why this has uh, is going to have some impact on Black churches. Yeah, so the African-American Cultural Heritage Action Fund is a program of the National Trust for Historic Preservation. And in 2021, we launched a new initiative called, called Preserving Black Churches, which was to provide support for preserving our historic Black churches and congregations across the country. And since the creation of that initiative, uh, we've awarded two rounds of grant funding to over 70 churches across the country to support their preservation work, planning efforts, capacity building, programming, and interpretation. And again, we want to recognize the important legacy of Black churches in this country as being not only centers for religion and spirituality, but also being the social centers of our community, being a place for activism, for education, um, building on that strong legacy and recognizing the important role that these institutions still play in our communities. So we're very excited to be able to provide this funding support to recognize the legacy of our enduring historic congregations and also the organizations that are working to reactivate vacant historic Black churches so that it continue to serve the needs of the communities where they're located. Right. And one of the churches uh, that actually received a grant this year was Mother Bethel AME Church here in Philadelphia. They received a grant for capital projects. And Tiffany, you may know that on Monday, the church was vandalized and several of their historic stained glass windows were broken out. We're not sure yet exactly who did it or why, but there is a grant in place. Is this something that they can use to help them repair uh, the damage that was done? Yeah, so Mother Bethel did receive a capital grant um, in this round that we announced last month on Martin Luther King Day, which was which is supporting the restoration of their beautiful stained glass windows in that iconic building there in Philadelphia. So hearing the news of the vandalism um, of the destruction of the windows, we have been in contact with the leadership there in Philadelphia and at Mother Bethel to offer support. So there's opportunity for us to look at the grant funding that was available. You know, we do this all the time with our capital projects as scopes change. You know, things have occurred since the application. Um, Also, another component of preserving Black churches, which we're happy to have, is also access to what we call emergency and rapid response response funding. And this is funding that we wanted to have available outside of our larger grant program that's meant to be easily accessible to historic churches and congregations for instance, such as vandalism, severe weather, fire, so that they can immediately get in, remedy the situation, and buy them time to make a longer plan. So we have opportunities to, for further assistance from Mother Bethel. And of course, we look forward to doing that. Um, it is a National Historic Landmark 
you know, founded by Richard Allen, the mother of the AME Church. Um, it's noted as being the oldest continuously Black-owned property in the real estate in the country with the purchase of the site where it sits by Richard Allen in the late 18th century. So there's a lot of legacy that it represents not only for the AME Church, but for the Black church and its growth in this country. So really, we see that this fund uh, is is something that is dynamic, that it can change uh, in in terms of anything that may be happening at any of these churches. So this is really a great uh, a great uh, grant situation for the churches. They don't have to pay this back. No, it is a grant. Um, we do not require a match for this grant program. There is one new category under preserving Black churches that we did introduce, which is called um, endowment and financial sustainability. And that's a new funding program, which allows Black churches to receive funding to create new preservation and maintenance endowments for their buildings or to grow existing endowments. So that category does require a match because we like to see churches use it as a challenge to fundraise. Um, one of our first grantees was 16th Street Baptist Church in Birmingham, which has completed a very phenomenal rehabilitation of that um, extremely significant place. And they're now launching a major um, $7.5 million capital campaign and establishing a permanent endowment to make sure the property is maintained and accessible to the public as a part of that. So being able to access that funding, allowing, allowing churches to leverage and raise um, because it helps them to be able to maintain their churches um, and introducing a different funding stream outside of traditional tithes and offering um, and so that they're able to have um, funding com com come in each year off of the endowment to handle maintenance and um, insurance and things of that nature. Now, out of these 31 churches, do they have to apply for these grants? And then what's the criteria for their selection? Yeah, so it is an application project process. Um, this is an annual grant program, which we opened up for applications um, fall of last year. Um, and so we received um, well over 600 applications from across the country um, for funding support in all five of the categories. And the criteria varies depending on the category they're applying, but ultimately this is to support historic Black churches and congregations. So the criteria to start is, you know, recognizing that it is a Black church, um, whether it was originally built for Black Americans, um, it is, you know, wasn't built for Black Americans, but it's been a Black church for, you know, over 50 years or more. Um, it might be a vacant church and no longer has an active congregation, but it was a historic Black church. So that's the first level of criteria. And then we look at the projects they're applying for. So for capital projects, really understanding that they're preserving the historic fabric, the character of the church. Um, they are ensuring that the building is stabilized and secure planning. Sometimes our churches know there are issues with their building, but they need the experts to come in to tell them how to address the issues. So bringing in architects, engineers, other professionals. Um, program interpretation is a wonderful category. It's allowing the churches to tell their story in the space and come up with innovative programming exhibits and ways for the public and the community to know about the history and their legacy. Um, and then capacity building, which allows churches to hire staff dedicated to the preservation of their building. So hiring a director of preservation, a program um, project manager, excuse me, um, so that they have that support on their staff to keep their preservation projects moving forward. So we look at what they're applying for, 
we, you know, evaluate them. Um, it's a, always a hard decision. There's so many worthy projects and there's a lot of need. Um, we awarded $4 million this year. We awarded $4 million last year, but um, we probably received about $170 million in requests. So, you know, we know that the need is out there and that helps us with our commitment to continue to provide this resources, these res- this resource for churches. Tiffany, let me ask you, as the Senior Director for Preservation at the African-American Culture Heritage Action Fund, what other things do you fund as part of this organization? Yeah, so the Action Fund, we have a number of initiatives, um, such as preserving Black churches. We also have our HBCU Cultural Heritage Stewardship Initiative, so we're providing support and resources to our historically Black colleges and universities to develop preservation plans for their campuses so that they can, the administrations are able to make informed decisions of, to preserve their historic buildings, but also thinking about growth and development of the campus. So helping them see we don't have to sacrifice one for the other. So that's probably my favorite program um, because I love working with our HBCs and they're just such a repository of so much history. Um, We also have our um, Conserving Black Modernism initiative, which we partnered with the Getty Foundation in Los Angeles. And that's recognizing the achievements and design of 20th century Black architects who designed in the modernist style. So this is an amazing program that's giving recognition to the many talents of Black architects such as Paul Williams and other noted individuals who really came into designing in the modernist style and recognizing their achievements. We also have targeted preservation projects that I lead with my team, um, such as our work to preserve Nina Simone's childhood home in Tryon, North Carolina, which is an amazing project um, where she was born, um, learned um, how to play the piano, um, really came into the person that we know her as today in terms of her musical achievements, but also her activism um, and her support of civil rights. Um, we were very excited last year um, when President Biden established the Emmett Till and Mamie Till Mobley National Monument with sites in Mississippi and Chicago. So I was fortunate to continue to lead that project and the establishment of the monument. And we're working closely with the Chicago site, Roberts Temple Church of God in Christ, um, on its restoration as a part of the monument, um, as well as supporting our partners in Mississippi with the sites there. So we are supporting a lot of very dynamic, significant places across the country, and then also just providing that technical support to many communities, entities, organizations that are undertaking their own preservation projects. You know, it's great that you mentioned Nina Simone because today is her birthday. So it is. Yeah. February 21st. Yeah. yeah. She was born February 21st, 1933, there in Tryon, North Carolina. Um, So we've been working for a number of years to preserve her childhood home. Um, We're hopeful in this spring that we'll start um, the rehabilitation and construction project on the home. We have a dynamic team of consultants that have developed the full restoration plan for the home and the grounds. So it's very exciting time for um, Tryon and Nina Simone's legacy. You know, it's it's just fascinating talking to you, Tiffany, because I feel like when we talk preservation, it's usually not black faces that we see talking about it, even though we have preservation needs that are, as you've stated, they're significant. And it, what is what does preservation do for us as a community? You're, you're absolutely correct. Um, being Um, as a preservationist and working in this field for over 20 years, um, you know, I'm really proud now that we're seeing more Black professionals um, in the preservation field. A lot of that is due 
to the work of the Action Fund and the National Trust for Historic Preservation and Brent Lex, who's executive director of the Action Fund. But what we sought to do is to recognize that there has been a deficiency in the benefit and impact of preservation in our Black communities, and that our Black communities are doing preservation. It has not always been recognized by the traditional preservation movement um, in terms of the practice, um, what we deem as significant and worthy, um, and not meeting a standard of criteria. And so by we want to create exposure to the work of Black people in preserving our spaces, but also how can they benefit from the resources of preservation, whether it's grants, tax credits, um, how they support revitalization of our communities. Um, preservation addresses the need for affordable housing. It addresses um, improvements in infrastructure. It also introduces a career path for our youth and young adults. Um, a lot of our work with our HBCUs is also exposing those students to the field of preservation as a career. So we work closely with the architecture schools at Florida A&M, Howard, um, Morgan State, and Tuskegee to introduce those students that are going into architecture that there is a field, a professional field here, and we need consultants, we need leaders of color working in our communities and for our communities. And so this is a movement that we're happy to be a part of and leading, and we want to see, want everyone to see themselves as a part of that movement and what they're doing. Right, because without preservation, we lose pieces of our history that are often significant and also without people recognizing when uh, parts of our history are significant. Because I think with more African-Americans in the field, you may have uh, an opportunity to expand on the things that you preserve because people recognize the value of certain properties and places in our culture and in uh, our history. So, Tiffany, we are happy that you are doing this work for the African-American culture Culture Heritage Action Fund and uh, definitely doing what you can on behalf of uh, preserving Black churches, which is the program that your fund launched in 2021. And we see in this unfortunate situation that has happened uh, with Mother Bethel here in Philadelphia that, in fact, this fund is uh, able to help uh, in a situation that is, uh, as I said, unfortunate with this vandalism to our historic church here in Philadelphia. So thank you, Tiffany. Uh, Tiffany Talbert, the Senior Director of Preservation at the African-American Culture Heritage Action Fund. Thank you so much for being with us on Reality Check today. Thank you for having me. You have a good day. You too. You've been listening to Word Radio On Demand. Listen live at 96.1 FM, 900 AM, and online at wordradio.com. 